Welcome once again to Lato's Law. Here's Steve Lato. Over the years, I've had this channel. We've encountered a couple emissions scandals, a couple big ones, including one with Volkswagen. We've also heard about businesses that help people put on cheat devices, cheat devices to allow their vehicles to uh, run without that pesky interference of those emissions controls. And uh, several people, including Peter and Rick, sent this to me. Cummins fined $1.67 billion for diesel defeat devices in 630,000 Ram pickups. This is from the drive.com, and James Gilboy wrote it. This is the largest Clean Air Act violation settlement in history, and that's an important word. Many people will miss the word settlement right there. That means that the government stepped in and said, we think you guys broke the law. And instead of saying, oh, yeah, we'll see you in court, they said, oh, really? Let's work something out. So by entering into a settlement, it would make it look like there's really not much of a defense to these claims. What they say happened, happened. So diesel engine manufacturer Cummins has agreed to settle an accused violation of the Clean Air Act for a record $1.675 billion. Companies accused of installing defeat devices and other undisclosed emissions equipment on almost a million engines used in Ram pickups along the release of thousands of tons of harmful nitric oxides. So they claim it was in a million engines, and that might explain how you get a $1.67 billion award. The settlement was announced Friday by the Department of Justice. Concerns the emissions equipment used on 960,000 diesel engines in Ram 2500 and 3500 pickups between 2013 and 2023. They all share the 6.7 liter Cummins ISB Turbo inline six, 630,000 of which were fitted with defeat devices through 2019. A further 330,000 built from 2019 onward were also fitted with an undisclosed auxiliary emission control device, uh, which is part of the settlement. These emission equipment setups allowed the dissemination rather than the controlled burn of nitric oxides, or NOx as they call it. These compounds play a role in forming acid rain and smog in the environment and can exacerbate symptoms of asthma if not cause it outright over a long period. NOx is also linked to a variety of other potentially fatal health problems. Vulnerable communities are more likely to reside near highways where these harmful emissions are concentrated, making this agreement critical to advancing our environmental justice agenda, remarked EPA Administrator Michael Regan to Reuters. The publication reports the settlement to be the biggest fine ever issued under the Clean Air Act and the second largest environmental penalty deal in history. It would seem to be the second only to the mammoth BP Deepwater Horizon settlement, which cost about $21 billion by itself. Cummins also supplies Daimler North America and Packard, said it has been conducting an internal review of the situation since 2019. Uh, it says it has recalled some affected trucks at the cost of $58 million and that it expects the settlement to cost $2.04 billion, possibly. At least that's what it could wind up being total. Cummins says it has seen no evidence that anyone acted in bad faith and does not admit any wrongdoing, of course. However, Cummins' statement also indicates the settlement does not meaningfully impact its business prospects. The company says it is in strong financial position with existing liquidity and access to capital to satisfy obligations associated with the settlements, support ongoing operations, and execute its growth strategy. In other words, the fine might hurt its bottom line, but in the end, it'll roll right off. It's sometimes said that crimes punishable by fines are only crimes for the poor. Without evidence that Cummins' business has been truly harmed as a consequence of its actions here, it's hard to read things any other way. And the man's making a great point. That's James Gilboy, the writer from TheDrive.com. And that is, if a company gets caught breaking the law, and they go, oh, we're sorry, here, we'll pay a fine. 
They pay a fine. You got to go back and look at it and say, but how much do they profit from their wrongdoing? Because if they profited from their wrongdoing in such a way that the fine left some money left over, it means they still profited. And so in the old days, at least, I'm talking about old, old days, hundreds of years ago, quite often they'd look at something and go, well, gee, you ripped somebody off for $100. Give them their $100 back and pay a $100 fine. And that way, that would act as a deterrence to doing it again. Because you had to give the money back, and now you're upside down 100 bucks. But we've seen this more than once, where companies enter into agreements to pay a billion dollars, and they tell their shareholders, don't worry about it. It's not going to affect us that much. And the question is, I know they'd be better off not paying it at all, but how much did they profit by selling all those engines? It was almost a million engines. And so that's the real question, and I don't know the answer to that. And I know there's probably some cost guys out there who study this stuff who would know, but I've seen this in other settings as well. Now, I think the Volkswagen situation wound up costing VW more than they gained from it. I think, I think, but I could be wrong. I could be naive, I don't know. But this one really makes me wonder, because to literally make the announcement right after you've made the announcement of the settlement, but of how it's not going to affect our profitability. I know they're doing it for stockholders, obviously, right? They don't want stockholders all going, oh, we got hit by a billion-dollar fine, sell, sell, sell. They don't want that to happen. But on the other hand, when they can so confidently turn around and say that, you got to look at it and go, maybe the fine wasn't enough. I don't know. <laughs> and it's kind of funny because NOx, what they're talking about, the NOx emissions, um, nitric oxides, uh, actually, it's kind of interesting. I've actually written about this because I wrote a book on the Chrysler turbine car. And the Chrysler turbine car uh, was a very interesting piece of technology. It ran on anything that burned, but they generally could run it on unleaded gasoline, which was uncommon at the time, but they could also run it on diesel and kerosene and a bunch of other things. And when they put it on the road in 1963, they were more concerned about making it roadworthy and not so concerned about the tailpipe emissions, which in 1963 were not that heavily regulated yet. Okay. And so right around the time they were doing this, they were studying what came out the tailpipe. They were curious. And uh, so they became aware of the NOx emissions. And what they saw coming is what scared them. Because they had this program they started in 1953. They put these cars on the road in 1963. And then the program didn't actually wind up until 1980s. Until 1983 was the last vehicle they put on the road. 88 was when they actually pulled the plug on the department. And during the last decade or so of that, they were trying their darndest to make it run clean. And so the thing about it is, is that if you burn gasoline, there's only so many things that you can uh, you know, do about what comes from that process. And so catalytic converters became the way of the future. And now, of course, all these cars are equipped with them, cars and trucks, right? From the 1963 turbine car, from where they pretty much didn't care at all what came out of the tailpipe, until the 1983 vehicle they put on the road, they had done everything they could within reason to get the tailpipe emissions down, but it really was like somebody moving the goalposts on you because when they built the original turbine cars, it was like, hey, these things are more efficient in the sense that they've got fewer moving parts, they rotate rather than they reciprocate, um, and there's all kinds of benefits. They, they run all these different fuels. And the EPA at that time said, yes, but we still check what comes out the tailpipe when you burn gasoline, gasoline. And so 
it was one of those just things where it's kind of like, well, do we now pivot and, and try to make this turbine engine burn gasoline cleanly? Because as a multi-fuel vehicle, you could run it on kerosene, you could run it on diesel, you could run it on alcohol. What kinds of tailpipe emissions would you have then? And the EPA said, we don't care. We don't care. We, just, we have to just go off of what people buy at the pump, and that's gasoline. So there you go. But Peter and Rick, thanks for sending it from thedrive.com. Cummins fined $1.67 billion for diesel defeat devices and 630,000 Ram pickups. And those are all for a series of engines basically between 2013 going forward to 2023. Questions or comments, put them below. Let's talk to you later. Bye-bye. Thank you for watching Lato's Law. I never found the companion that was so companionable as Solitude.